All right, and hack. Welcome everybody. It is eight o'clock Eastern time, five o'clock my time, because I am a weird Arizonian and time doesn't make any sense here. <laughs> uh, I am Tay. I'm Jen. And uh, welcome. So we are the uh, part of the United States Department of Nerds, home of the Queen of Nerddom podcast. And if you guys haven't checked out our first episode, this is a perfect place for all nerds from all walks of life that can come, hang out, learn, and share. Enjoy our intro. Hey. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks for the shout out, Kevin. Sorry, Calvin. Um, so uh, today we will be doing our shots as per usual. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and give a shot um, to DFPN's own um, Caitly because he's uh, going through a lot right now. So the shot goes out to you and to the rest of the USDN also for helping me out while I've been kind of in and out of things because um, I have my kiddo here from Belgium. So uh, I will be doing a shot out of my Hollywood glass. Um, I am taking a shot of, uh, what is this? This is a peach crown. Peach crown. Oh, what do you I got? Can, I don't know how you can do that. I'm doing my rum. I got my raspberry rum. It's literally a handle. <laughs> Did you buy a gallon? <laughs> Look. <laughs> cheers to you, Gately. All right, cheers. Salute. All righty. Oh, man. It hurts. Yeah. It burns a little bit. You good? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I got water. I'm good. <laughs> All right, so uh, we want to open up um, today's episode four of the Queen of Nerdlings. One of my very favorite quotes from Robin Williams. Please remember all that you're only given one little spark of madness. Don't ever lose it. Love that quote. I'm going to put that on my wall. But I think this quote is actually fitting as we explore the Gotham villains. So last time we talked to you guys, we were talking about the heroes. And so... Talking about the villains seems just as appropriate. And I actually, Tay, I don't know about you, but I actually had a little bit more fun with the villains. Oh, for sure. Like, I totally like, (laughs) no, but like, I totally like, uh, like my brain, I guess, is on like the the villain side just because they're like, we'll get into it later, but like, they're just so relatable. It's weird, you know? Makes a better villain, I think. And you like know where they're coming from, totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, um, and I thank our fans uh for voting through the poll, help guiding us through kind of choosing which villains to um talk about. Um and just remember at USDN that we are for the people, um, by the people, okay? Um, so just remember that a lot of the information that we are presenting is just skimming the surface. Um, just kind of going over highlights of characters and the things that they did and part of their abilities, things like that. If we went on all the endless rabbit holes that there are, this podcast would probably be like infinite. Like it would never end. There's so many different rabbit holes and things that we can talk about. Mm -hmm. I agree. DC villains are so much cooler than the heroes. It's 100%. Yeah. Um, AD said it the best, man. Like they they really are relatable. Like villains. There really are. All right, Tay, who we got first on the plate? All right, so our first one is the Court of Owls. Um, So uh, this is going to be the first villain that we're going to be talking about, part of the uh, villains episode. So um, the Court of Owls first appeared in Batman Volume 2, number one, in 2011. Uh, And who are they? So they're in a arrow... uh, Oh, this word is always hard. Sorry. It's the crown. It's the crown. It's a secret society. Um, yeah. No, it's fine. No, it's really just the word. But it's a secret society, which is years old, um, that has immense power and influences the embedded culture and the architecture that's in the Gotham City. Um, so the first thing that we're going to talk about is the origin. So the myth of the Court of Owls is older and it's older than like Gotham city itself. Um, the court splintered off from the tribe of Judas. So who's the tribe of Judas? Um, they were a cult that worshiped a, um, cosmic bat deity known as, uh, bar, Barbados. <laughs> um, that was like weird. Um, definitely like a loophole and, um, rabbit hole there. Right. Uh, but to continue on, the court ruled Gotham from the shadows, harvesting um, a rare metal, um, and it was called Electrum, uh, which uh, made uh, the the chemical um, dinoes. I don't know exactly how to sp- pronounce that, and I'm sorry if I totally butchered that. Dionysium. Uh, yeah. Dionysium. Dionysium. 
Uh, and it was also as this uh, Facebook user um, said that the first time that I heard about the Court of Owls just like them was actually from the Gotham TV series. Um, so same here. <laughs> Barbados? <laughs> no. Barbados? Barbados? Maybe that's where the bat's from. He's from the Ruby Island. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so the court used this chemical to engineer uh, the talons, um, and the talons are a legion of superhero assassins that they use to eliminate their enemies, and they groom them from like a very young age. Um, so the talons are so brutal. They. They like to kill people, and this is like their favorite way to kill people, is by dragging them into the sewers and then like giving them drugged water, because obviously you have to drink water, right? Um, photographing them and then like um, having the entire actual like court of uh, spectator members like watching this happen. And then uh, the talons will mercy kill like the person, but this is after the the um the victim is dragged into the sewers drugged and like walking around this ginormous maze because sewers are mazes um and this is like super brutal that's weird so the court members get dressed in white owls and um like white owl masks mm -hmm. and uh they often hid mm -hmm. owls in their clothing or architecture um around like the actual city uh, to reference their operation. Okay. So this is passed from generation to generation in the form of a nursery, nursery rhyme, which I'm going to go ahead and read off for y'all. Uh, beware the court of owls that watches all the time, uh, ruling Gotham from a shadowy perch behind graphite and lime. They watch you at your hell or hearth, your hearth, and they watch you in your bed. Speak not a whisper word of them, or they'll send the talon for your head. Super cool. I thought it was super dope. So, um, like, yeah, it was like, it was really cool to like research them. And I was just like, I had a lot of fun with this. <laughs> um, so Alan Wayne had his own part of that um, and part of the Court of Owls. Uh, so the Court of Owls and um, Wayne, Alan Wayne, um, had an agreement that his business would build architecture in the city, but it would have like secret hideouts for the court to do their mischievousness in. Um, and it would often be on the 13th floor, hence the superstition. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, so then, uh, um, so I wanted to say like who Alan actually was. So Alan Wayne is the great, 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 uh, no, sorry, great, great grandfather of Bruce Wayne. Um, he's the firstborn generation in Gotham. So, um, Alan found out about the actual plan that the Court of Owls had, and this drove him insane because he was, like, trying to tell people on the streets and trying to get the word out there, and nobody would listen to him. And eventually, um, the court obviously heard about this, and hence the nursery rhyme. They dragged him into a manhole, 
like one of the manhole covers that are like on the street. Mm-hmm. And they tortured him in the labyrinth of sewers um, and then murdered him by like several stab wounds. But this was like never actually like known that it was the Court of Owls. Um, so like it was just kind of like we knew, but like nobody really talked about it because they didn't want to die. So the threat of Bruce Wayne um, is the next topic that we're going to talk about. So uh, Bruce returns to Gotham after creating Batman Incorporated. And while home, he uses his wealth and influence to uh, revitalize the city. So that means like he had this whole plan for the city and he like talked about it. So his announcement uh, of this plan was interrupted um, when he hears Commissioner Gordon receive a call about a mysterious murder. So Bruce dons the bat suit, right? And then he arrives on the scene. He's like, what's up, Batman? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he meets up with Harvey Bullock. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> no shit. That's exactly what happened. So Batman. Um, Batman. But anyway, he arrived at the scene, and um, there's a John Doe, right, that's on the ground uh, with multiple, like, antique throwing knives, like, in the image of an owl, like, thrown on his body. Um, Super dope. Super dope. Uh, And then Batman, like, finds skin underneath the dude's fingernails. Um, So then he – so Batman sends the cells – to Alfred for DNA recognition, but is still on the scene because he's got like, you know, his bat gadgets and they're doing the things, the cool science things. <laughs> I'm not a science person. Science things. Science. science. <laughs> um, and while waiting for the results from Alfred, uh, Bruce finds a secret message on the wall proclaiming that Bruce Wayne will die tomorrow. Can I ask you something? Absolutely, go. If you're a secret society, why leave a calling card with owls at the scene of the crime? That way, so in my mind, it's like the Joker, right? He leaves his, like, the Joker card, right? Um, It's just to instill that fear that they're still here and still doing things. That's that's me. That's my take. That's my my hot take. Taste hot take. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why just to, then I'm going to think about it. And then according to the nursery rhyme, I'm done for. I'm like, it's self-serving. I, I see you, Court of Owls. Yeah. <laughs> so Alfred calls back uh, with the DNA results. They're the alum and Illuminati of DC. Yes. Actually, I was just going to ask you that. I'm like, they're throwing off some Illuminati vibes. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. Totally yeah. Agree. Straight up, they did. <laughs> um, so Alfred calls back with the DNA results, and uh, the potential killer's like DNA actually was a perfect match for Dick Grayson. Do you know who that is? Yeah, <laughs> it's Robin. <laughs> is Robin one of the many? So the attack of the Talon is what I'm going to cover next. Um, so Bruce discussed that the owls exist. Um, and, or sorry, he was like told that the owls, like the court of owls existed, but he was like, nah, like, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to entertain this, um, 
secret Illuminati society. Like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool, but nah. Um, so during a meeting mm-hmm. that he had with Lincoln March, um, he was warned by Lincoln that there was an ancient evil that had come to Gotham that was awakened by these new plans that Bruce had, um, like, was showing, was promoting. Um, while this meeting was going on, a talent bursts through, like, the window and stabs Bruce. It's like, bah! <laughs> stabs him. Rude. Rude. So it wasn't through a window, it was through an elevator, but a window would have been cooler. <laughs> I wish they would. Right? Oh, that sounds lazy. He's it's like, I don't want glass shards in myself. I'm good. I'll just take the elevator. It burns. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So the talent burst through the elevator. It came from the elevator and like burst through. Uh, kills two security guards on his way and then plunges a knife um, into Lincoln's chest. And then he turns and then he stabs Bruce uh, multiple times. You know, um, multiple stabs. And then uh, Bruce gets uh, an arm around Talon's like neck to try to like choke him but it doesn't work he's just like sitting there like like I'm gonna choke you but it doesn't work um (laughs) so the Talon throws Bruce like out a window here's your window your window moment (laughs) so he throws Bruce out of a window um of the (laughs) <laughs> Old Green Tower. I'm sorry. AD just did something weird. I don't know what he just did. <laughs> did he? He didn't message me. We're good. All right. So, um, shoot. Where am I? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, he threw him out of the window at the Old Wayne Tower and then jumped after him. Um, uh, like, and then the Talon, like, said, like, that he loves killing Waynes. And that was, like, our throwback. Like our callback to Alan Wayne, if you guys remember. Um, but Bruce catches our gargoyle on his way down and shakes off the talon. And then the talon like falls on the street below. Um, the EMTs were like there to go pick up the dead body, what they thought was a dead body. But a short time after they had picked him up, the talon, like his body came back to life. And, um, the Talon, like, killed the people that were there um, and disposed of them. Um, and then this led to the notion that, like, Talons are immortal. Um, mm. or, like, or they're, like, showed that Talons are immortal because they're, like, super badass. Um, so, Bruce... Fear factor you were talking about. I'm sorry, what? It kind of increases that fear factor you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So, like... The only reason that there are talons is because of the Court of Owls. And you see, like, the Court of Owls, like, insignia everywhere. And then you see a random talon, like, stabbing people. So, for sure, like, there's that fear that's there. Um, So, Bruce, who is still Batman at this time, um, ends up searching for, like, answers on how the talon found his way up through, like, Wayne Tower. Um, and he came through a, or like he came onto a group 
that was a U Ukrainian um, group that called themselves the Whisper Gang. Gang gang. <laughs> but no. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're called the Whisper Gang. And um, uh, so Bat like Bruce as Batman, right? So Batman uh, beat them all up and demanded to know like how Talon was um, how he had gotten there uh, because the gang had controlled a section of um, rail lines. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like the only possible route for them to get into the building. Um, so after narrowly escaping um, one of the court's ancient ba uh, bases, Bruce exhumes the body of his old ancestor, Alan Wayne, um, Wayne was suspected to have been killed by the court, like we had talked about, um, as he like led up to his death. And then the court of owls like found out about this. And then um, Bruce like finds his way into the tunnel system mm -hmm. to investigate where Alan's body was found. And then a talon appears and like pounces, pounces on him. Um, so, oh. And then um, the next thing that we're talking about is now the labyrinth. So the Talon held Bruce as captive uh, through the giant maze, like their favorite way to kill, right? So they were drugging him, um, left him no food. And uh, Bruce started having like terrible, disturbing hallucinations. Mm. So uh, he's like walking along and he's looking for a way to escape. He finds this... Um, tile that's like loose and he rips it out and then like drops down into it and it's a it's a room that's like filled with pictures of batman um so he starts screaming i'm not listening i'm not listening to you um while the talon is like slowly uh walking up to him and like impales him with a sword um, so now Bruce is like crawling on the floor, bleeding. Talon looks up at the court to like see what they want to do for like how he, how they want him to die. Um, the youngest member Talon like hurt him more. Um, so the uh, assassin produces uh, or proceeds, sorry, to beat up Bruce and then finally kicked him through a wall, like just kicks him through a wall. Um, at this point, um, he, like, Bruce was, like, contemplating just, like, giving up, just, like, succumbing to his fate and just, like, leaving it all, like, just, fuck it, just kill me. Like, I'm, I'm done. Um, but then he looks up and he sees a portrait of Alan Wayne with a terror expression in his eyes. And this fills Bruce with, like, rage and, like, anger. Mm -hmm. Um. And Bruce leaps to his feet, and now the talents are like amused with this rage, um, and walk up to end him. But like Bruce charges the talon and beats him like up, like around the labyrinth, and then um, leave the talon like, unconscious. So then uh, Bruce escapes from the explosion that he had created. Uh, and then he drops into a river, and then the um, the court of owls uh, end up actually disposing of the talent since, like, he would never psychologically recover from being beaten by Batman. Because that shit was crazy. <laughs> Pride, blue. Pride. I get it. Yeah. Pride is a devil. 
Um, so then one of the leaders, uh, fat rage, um, one of the leaders turned to the room filled with talons, uh, in caskets and then ordered them to wake up to start this war against Batman. So there was like a bunch of caskets and there was talons inside of them. And they're just like, it's time to go. And they all were like, Bloop. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Batman, um, the Night of Owls comic. Um, this is a Bat Family crossover event with the Court of Owls. Um, I didn't really go into that one because I couldn't really find much data. Also, rabbit hole, right? Uh, so the members of the Court of Owls, you have the Judge of the Owls. Um, that's the ruling figurehead of the cult. And then you have uh, Joseph Powers. He's the owner of Powers Hotel. Maria Powers, who's the wife of Joseph Powers, um, she's the high, uh, wealthy, high-ranking member of the Court of Owls who operated the Powers Hotel. Um, you have John Wycliffe, or Cliff. Um, he's the Grandmaster of the Court. And then Lincoln March, who was in the uh, meeting with Bruce Wayne and warning him about the Talon, um, which he refused to listen to. But... Um, Lincoln March uh, actually ended up becoming Owl Man. And this was due to his belief that he was the long lost son of Thomas and Martha Wayne, who is Bruce Wayne's like parents. Um, and then you have uh, Sebastian Clark, who's the former grandmaster who is uh, superseded by John Wycliffe. Um, so media that you can see um, the Court of Owls in is the film. Uh, you have uh, Batman versus Robin. Um, television, the Gotham series, like we alluded to prior, and then also the Harley Quinn series. Um, in the video games, um, you have um, Batman Arkham Origins, and then you also have Gotham Knights. A couple of trivia little things that I found that I found were interesting was um, the creator and writer, uh, Scott Snyder. Um, states that the inspiration of the owl is from the Silver Age character um, Oil Man, which is an alternate, like, evil version of Batman, um, who came from Earth-3. That's, that's where my brain went to. I'm like, is it like Owlman from The Watchmen? Like, I've actually never seen The Watchmen, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of like research out there that we can do and get back to you, AD. Um, sorry, but I don't have an answer <laughs> for you right now. The second, um, and the first appearance was in Batman Volume Two. However, there are like super like uh, different hints and Easter eggs right um, throughout their existence in the uh, Detective Comics. Um, and the miniseries of Batman, um, The Gates of Gotham. And there's a whole talent series. So if you have, like, questions or wonder about, like, anything like that, um, there is a whole series out there comic-wise for you to check out. Here's a rabbit hole. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> for you. Here you go. It's all for you. Hey, have fun. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about Hush. Now, I know, I don't think Hush won in the polls, but no, I think Hush did win. Maybe it was Poison Ivy. Anyways, um, I wanted to talk about Hush.
push. And I'm kind of dedicating this review to our buddy, Kaylee. I know we're taking shots and doing all sorts of things, but, you know, Kaylee's one of those people I've known for a long time. And I know how much this character meant to you to talk about. So I'm going to talk about him. Just for you. Okay. Just for you, my friend. All right. So <clears throat> the character Hush, he first appeared in the Batman comic uh, number 069. Or 609, sorry. In January of 2003. It was a 12-issue storyline um, titled Batman Hush. Um, so Hush's real name is Thomas or Tommy Elliot. I'll go kind of in between using Tommy and Elliot when I talk about him. Okay. So some of his abilities is he has this genius genius intellect. He's a skilled surgeon. He's an adept marksman, and he has this incredible, like, hand-to-hand combat skill that he can actually even hold his own to Batman. What? I know, digest that a little bit. Like, you said what? Oh, <laughs> You're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't, but I'll, to, I'll, uh, I'll digress. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. <clears throat> so, Tommy, a.k.a. Hush, was a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne. They would play together, and Tommy always seemed to outmaneuver Bruce. Surprisingly, okay. being like the awesome tactician that Bruce Wayne is, Tommy would actually be able to outmaneuver him. Um, it's kind of believed that Tommy was like the dark mirror image of Bruce. So Bruce really enjoyed like spending time with his parents. Whereas Tommy didn't. He had a very abusive and like alcoholic father. And his mother came from poverty and did little to nothing to help Tommy. Damn. I know. She lost she lost points right there. That's um, <laughs> she was actually willing to endure the abuse towards her and Tommy just in order to keep her lavish lifestyle. And she actually went so far as to make Tommy memorize like quotes from like Aristotle and like war strategy in order to better defend himself and kind of like learn to strategically maneuver his father and like his abusive wrath. So mm-hmm. um so kind of give you an idea of some of the things that he like learned his quote from Aristotle is it is a mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. I thought that was kind of interesting. I started like I went down a rabbit hole of like Googling some Aristotle stuff and I was like, oh that's that's a shoe on that for a little bit. Interesting. Anyways. I'd love so, to actually hear about that later, but yeah, continue. Right. So Tommy never forgave her for this, for pretty much not defending him. Yeah. Um, and Thomas Wayne Bruce's father actually, um, you know, he he would actually look after both the boys from time to time, and he actually took them um, to Metropolis. Um, he had a business trip, and he took them with him, and he told the boys to, "Hey, stay in the hotel room while I'm at this meeting. We'll go out later." You got two young boys. You think they're going to listen? Absolutely not. You- Exactly. I have young boys. They're like, sure, we will. Peace. Since he leaves. So they suck out. 
and they actually witness um, the Green Lantern battling with like a nemesis. And That's dope. Yeah. How often do you see that? I mean, especially like a cosmic power like the Green Lantern. Now, this had an impact on Tommy. So <clears throat> Tommy got the idea at a young age of 10. Mind you, my oldest is 10. So I was like, oh, watch out for this. He decided to try to kill his parents. Um, decided- okay. Like with serial killers, though, like aren't you like or killers in general, aren't you supposed to like kill pets or animals first? He like he- did the whole leap. Girl, he skipped that. He didn't go baby steps like I'm going to kill my pet hamster hmm. and then move up to like the neighbor's cat. He like jumped like I'm, I'm mom, dad got to go. That's wild. <laughs> I'll tell you why. So he um, he cut the brake lines of their car. So his dad died instantly, but his mom lived. And can I tell you who saved her life? Please. Thomas Wayne. What? Thomas That's Wayne. Wild. Yeah. Mm. So Thomas Wayne, as you remember, um, Bruce's dad had this expert, like, surgical skills. So... Tommy actually blamed the Waynes, mainly Bruce, for his mother surviving. But why Bruce? That doesn't make any sense. That's bad. I don't know. He's 10. Like, I don't. Okay. It's your fault. It's It's all your fault. (laughs) Yeah. His friends are video games. Like, I get it. I don't know. So his mother survives. So Tommy. Watch on <laughs> offing my parents, right? So, <clears throat> so Tommy survives, and his his mom survives. Um, so Thomas went on to meet Doctor Jonathan Crane. Do you remember who Doctor Jonathan Crane is? Do you I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. It's Scarecrow. Oh, okay. So Scarecrow. So he went to this like a summer camp. I guess rich kids have their own summer camps too. And he violently lashed out at other boys in the summer camp, accusing him and calling him a mama's boy. Now, I'm not really sure what violently lashed out means, but man, they scooped him up and took him to a psych psych facility. So I know that's an extreme. So Dr. Crane is like talking to him and he quickly realizes that um, Tommy has some sociopathic tendencies. Mm. So instead of keeping him and treating him, he releases him. And As an experiment? Later, huh? Is he like experimenting and like watching him? So later on you find out that his intention is to be his mentor. Oh. Yeah. Crazy recognizes crazy. I get it. Exactly. I get it. <laughs> He's like, go ahead. You're good. I'll, I'll see you later. Like, we'll see yeah. each other again soon. Yeah. Okay. Facebook. Add me on Facebook. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so some of the things that the, so I gave you a little bit of background on Hush, how he kind of like came to be. Um, some things about his character is that he manipulates other villains, such as the Joker, 
Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, many others, and to helping him destroy Batman. Um, kind of give you some examples. Um, he abducted like six members of the Bat family, including um, Batwoman and Nightwing. And oh. wake up, yeah. I was like, how do you pull that off? He did. See, that's the scary thing about villains who are smart. They know how to like plan things, kind of like play long game. Yeah. And to me, they're more terrifying. Because you don't know what they have cooking. And they right, because they have a strategy and they have like yeah. their backdoor ways of doing things. So like they might show one thing, but they actually have like other intentions. It's like yeah. Bane. Bane had that like all the time. Yeah. You Sorry. Tangent. <laughs> That's what Hush did. So they wake up in Hush's lair and find that he gave them a serum that paralyzes their vocal cords. So essentially they, they can't talk. They can't plan any ways of escape or anything. It sounds like Crane's part of the military healthcare. <laughs> true that. True. Yo. <laughs> There's an 800 milligram Motrin. Call me tomorrow, maybe. It's ibuprofen. It's always ibuprofen. <laughs> um, so Hush's plan was that he was going to harvest Batwoman and Nightwing's organs in the black market and sell them. He's going to sell them. He even had a buyer all lined up. Damn. Ew. Like, can you imagine? Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd rather be dead, like, and have my organs harvested. Like, I don't need to see that actually happen. It's just kidding. Yeah. Um, some of the other stuff that he did is that he invented a virus that would actually affect and mutate the killer croc, even more so than what he was. Um, and then he also had his face that was surgically altered to look like Batman or Bruce Wayne. That's um, so weird. Yeah. So weird. And this was actually in order to steal his identity, which he later found out that this would only work on people who didn't actually know Bruce. As Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So it only, yeah. It would only yeah, work on people that didn't actually know him. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things I read too about Hush is that um, the way he got his nickname was. Uh, Dr. Craner, Scarecrow, would sing the Hush Little Baby song during a lot of his meetings. Nope, that's weird. I don't Not like that. <laughs> that's what I read. There may be more stories to how he got his name, but <clears throat> I guess that one stuck for some weird reason. But yeah, Scarecrow would sing like the Hush Little Baby song. And can you imagine? He's like, that's it. That's my name. Ooh, creepy. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen um I can't remember what the show is called, but it's about Candy uh Montgomery and it's on HBO. Do you have HBO Max? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to send that to you later, but there is like a whole thing where she's like psychology like psychologically um like uh goes to a psychologist and they go like into her mind and there's a reason why she like brutally murders somebody. But yeah, oh, I'll get that to you. Oh, I cannot remember the name of it, but I'll get it to you. <laughs> it's, 
later. Oh, there is one thing since you brought up HBO Max. So I watched the HBO Max Batman Hush animated movie. And it was good, but I'm going to spoil the ending. So if you guys haven't seen it, mute me. Spoilers. So at the very end of the movie, have you seen it? No, I haven't. So at the very end, they they reveal that Hush is actually the Riddler. Which oh. is, not, is not true. Like, in in the movie, um, Thomas Elliot is killed, and I'm sitting there watching it. And you know, I've, I've read up on things with Hush, and I'm like, oh, well, he's just faking it. It's, you know, it's fine. Thomas Elliot will come back later. And he doesn't. He's actually dead. I'm like, well, then... Who's Hush? And then, <laughs> and, then, and then it's like the Riddler, like, it's me. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, that's not right. That's, you're not Hush. <laughs> oh, Damn. No, no, no. I mean, it's not bad. But okay. That's not, that's not Hush. Okay. Yeah. So actually to answer this question real quick. Um, so somebody asked us if we're... Um, fans of how the Court of Owls were portrayed in the show Gotham. Um, honestly, I was. Uh, just because of how creepy and mysterious they had the white masks, they um, kind of were just there. Uh, they didn't have, like, a... They weren't, like, out and showing themselves, like, out. Um, but, yeah. Like, I liked how they were portrayed in the series Gotham. I don't think you've seen Gotham, right? I'm following your lead. I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually did enjoy it. Like, let us know in the comments, like, if you did enjoy how um, the Court of Owls were like presented in the show Gotham, if you ever did see it, because um, we definitely would like to know your contributions and your thoughts. Um, but sorry, continue. Always, no, that was it. Like sometimes the um, the animated shows on HBO. I mean, either way, the stories are good. Like even if there's like changes like that but i was disappointed in particular with, with that one and i think when we talked about the red hood before like there's a lot of things in that show was not right but i could go on a really long rant about hollywood and how they change things just to hence my hollywood shot glass um, <laughs> that's why i did a shot out of it <laughs> Your shit right there's plenty of sources <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so to go into our next villain um are you ready i am absolutely. all right sweet so i'm gonna be talking about mr freeze who is one of my favorite villains like knowing his background which i will 100 tell y'all about um but like He's one of my favorite uh, villains in the DC universe just because of how relatable his backstory is. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, fun fact is he has two first appearances, and I will explain why. Two. That yeah, he's a, he's one man, but he's got two. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's different. <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> so he's got uh, two first appearances. So his first appearance as Mr. Zero uh, came from Batman 121, and that was in 1959. Um, so you might be thinking, Mr. Zero, you said Mr. Zero? I thought we were talking about Mr. Freeze, and I'll get to that in a second. So his first appearance as Mr. Freeze came from the Detective Comics number um, 373, so 373. And this was in 1968. Hey, Deontay, yes, Victor Freeze. That's who we're talking about. Uh, and in the, the TV realm, it was the uh, Instant Freeze, uh, which is in 1966. So uh, Victor Freeze, it's spelled out as fries, but it's uh, pronounced freeze. Um, had a yeah. hobby of freezing animals. So remember how we were talking about how you start with animals? It's like a super red flag. Yeah, it's a, cat. Yeah, it's a red flag. Don't fuck with it. So <laughs> um, he had a hobby of freezing animals uh, to preserve them, so he could continue, so that they could continue to exist in the future. So cute, but really weird. Um, so we just wanted them to like continue to live into the future. Uh, and this was, um, just cause he like wanted like society to continue and he wanted things to just continue. But due to this, his sent his parents did the right thing and then sent him to a very strict boarding school, um, where Victor becomes depressed though. So not the best. Um, yeah, but if you're ever depressed, you know, there are things out there for you, like, therapist and people to talk to um, but while he was here he actually met Nora uh, who is the love of his life um, so it wasn't all bad uh, their happiness however was short lived because um, Nora was diagnosed with a fatal disease um, prior to like her being diagnosed though they like met each other fell in love, got married, and then she got diagnosed, um, which is why it was very short-lived. And then um, Victor tries to save her by using uh, cryogenic technology. Um, so the experiment, however, like went wrong and the equipment malfunctioned um, and this cons consumes him and the lab and an explosion of ice. So my brain immediately, when I was reading this, and I immediately pictured Doc Ock from Spider-Man. So mm -hmm. like the Marvel, like the similarities here, um, sure. this is where I kind of like thought of the two because Doc Ock had his um, whole like um, lab explode in like fire. So fire and ice. I thought that was interesting. Game of Thrones. No. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, an ice explosion. An ice explosion, as AD said. Uh, you know, Deontay, we're just out here uh, doing our thing. Thanks for the shout out and asking us what's up. Um, so uh, Victor actually ends up surviving. Um, uh, however, he could only live in sub-zero temperatures. Nora. Not so much. She did not do so well in this experiment. I mean, um, women are perpetually cold. I mean, I get it. We are cold-blooded, but we're not. But we are. It's it's a whole thing. We're always cold. Always wearing a jacket. I'm wearing 
my sweater. I'm like, come on. I am wearing sweatpants. I would get up, but I'm sitting in like a long chair. And I don't know how everything would happen if I did actually stand up. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Victor ends up constructing a suit uh, to like let him survive um, for the time being mm -hmm. while he like tries to provide for Nora, who he like froze, right? Mm -hmm. So he began robbing banks as Mr. Zero, which is why he had two origins. This is his Mr. Zero side to get money. And as Mr. Zero, he uses cryotechnology to create a gun that fires a beam um, that freezes any target within its rage. <laughs> Nora gave him the cold shoulder. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> He needed that cold hard cash. Yo. <laughs> oh, EJ, I feel like this is EJ comments right now. I was, I was holding back. Maybe I shouldn't. It's <laughs> definitely EJ. <laughs> was he playing Ice Ice Baby when he robbed the bank? Oh my god. <laughs> so instead of the snap, it was a cold snap. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Cold Captain Peeps with his cold gun. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, man. Whew. All right. <laughs> Let me catch my breath. Okay. <laughs> so he's using cryotechnology to freeze everything in his path with this gun that he had created. Um, they dropped the ball with Mr. Freeze and Gotham. They did, and they straight up did. Um. So, uh, Mr. Zero actually fakes his death, and Gotham City actually believes that he's dead. So, this is the death of Mr. Zero. Um, Victor rearranges his costume and then returns as Mr. Freeze. So, now this is the introduction of Mr. Freeze. So, one ends, the other begins. Um, so freeze freezes so <laughs> victor freeze uh freezes everyone that's in the courtroom um while he talks to uh, somebody named calculator and convinces him to join the secret society of supervillains if that's not a mouthful to say i don't know what is um but victor uh fashions a sub-zero machine uh, in exchange of the use of the Lazarus Pit, which mm. you know about the Lazarus Pit, definitely check out our first uh, other episode, uh, episode three, where we talked extensively about what the Lazarus Pit actually really is and what it does. AD says, damn, that's cold. So, uh, Victor Freeze attempts to restore Nora to life. Uh, without having, like, without waiting for the uh, adjustment of the pool chemicals, um, Nora returns to to life um, as a Lazara and escapes. <laughs> yeah, uh, if any of you have seen Parks and Rec, you'll understand AD's reference about the pit. <laughs> he fell in, in the pit. So, um, Nora comes back to life. Uh, but she blames her husband um, and estranges herself from him and, like, runs off. So this isn't at all what he had expected and um, not exactly great. 
Um, Victor is not declared insane, but he is put in Arkham because he is caught. Um, but the reason why he's put into Arkham is because it's the only facility that can accommodate his requirements for the refrigerated cell. Damn girl, that's called. <laughs> um, so the heart of the hush uh, is something that I wanted to cover. And since you didn't really talk about it, I would like to talk about it. And this actually goes about hush. It's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so Thomas Elliot, who is Hush, damn, she got a ice box uh, where her heart used to be. Why well, never got to do them like that? <laughs> do you expect that if you were frozen and then came back to life in a pit that you would be completely fine, sir? I would love to know this as your wife. Um, I would love to know these answers. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Hush returns to Gotham and is uh, planning an attack on the Dark Knight, um, killing any criminal, uh, criminals who threaten Bruce, um, but this was a distraction. Hush actually wants to break into Selena Kyle's home, who is Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Episode three. Oh, yeah, Miss my girl. <laughs> the callbacks. Miss <laughs> my girl. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Hush breaks into Selena Kyle's home and removes her heart. So you remember how you were talking about the organ um, removal and stuff that he was trying to do? Exactly what that is. Um, And then he abandons her in the uh, Sacred Heart Convalescence home um, where she is trapped on life support. Um. Hush says this is um, that this was with equipment that um, that was helping like keep Selena alive was actually created by Victor in exchange for money. Um, and then Victor is the main villain and the um, the battle of the cowl um, one shot commissioner uh, Gordon. So uh, the new 52, Mr. Freeze, uh, completed a compound that he used by the, that was used by the court of owls um, to real um, revive their talents, which is why they're immortal. Um, and it was revealed that Nora was not actually in fact his wife, but that Victor had never met her, but he was just obsessed about her. Um, and that was like a whole like uh, different like comic, right? Um and the reason why he was like obsessed with her and how he like had met her was that he had like met her while she was in the division of Wayne Enterprises, like uh, cr- um, chronogenically frozen. Sorry, no, <laughs> words are hard. Words are hard. Yeah. Um, so his powers. He has sub zero uh, psychology. So accidentally frozen to his bone. Um, it's transformed him to be a cold-blooded mutant um, that actually kept him like he's always below zero. Uh, cold adaptation. This is where his um, skin cells like became storage units of the cold to help his body chemistry to be more chilled. And this allowed him to uh, become entirely immune and adapted to sub-zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has decelerated aging, so 
his age progression has been significantly slowed due to the suspended, oh God, suspended (laughs) animation state. Um, His thermosis, anything on his his skin um, comes into contact will actually freeze. Wait, he's a whole kidnapper? Yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah, in the new 52, Mm -hmm. pretty much just becomes a kidnapper. Um, yeah, uh, he has toxic immunity. Uh, he is immune to most toxins, bacteria, and uh, viruses due to his state of uh, frozenness. Um, so his different abilities that he has is he has genius level intellect. Um, he is a brilliant, like scientific genius um, with the mind for invention. And this is how he uh, invents like all of the things that he does invent is because he is skilled in um, physics, engineering, genetics, uh, computer science, chemistry, and medical science. Um, he's kind of a nerd like us. Love it. <laughs> um, uh, cryogenics is another one of his abilities. Uh, Victor is able to build a um, chronic life support machine for Catwoman when she gets her heart removed. Um, and was capable of inventing a variety of uh, cryotech um, for Nora's CC2000 uh, cryogenic chamber um, to extensive arrays of cryogenic uh, weapons and armor. Uh, He is um, very brilliant in the medical science like we talked about. Uh, He researched on pathology and neuroscience for Nora's neurological Mm -hmm. illness Mm -hmm. Um, and specialization in cryogenics was uh, successfully um, proven thesis on immortality through suspended animation through like um, his uh, aging. Mm -hmm. Um, This also preserved his wife in a frozen state Mm -hmm. and delay her illness until he could find a cure, which was really cute to me. I think you saw that in the movie. I mean, I don't like to talk about those particular movies, but yeah. you saw that in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the equipment, uh, the cryogenic suit, so he has a superhuman strength and durability. It has two variants. Um, one that protected him from the bomb attack, but his helmet was like significantly damaged. So then he created a new armor to make the second one, the second variant. Um, and that was less heavy, but capable of withstanding a gunshot and explosives. Uh, the weapons that he has is the freeze gun that we had talked about that creates a gust of cold that approaches um, absolute zero temperatures. The zero, uh, the gun is capable of creating a cold force and impression their opponents in a cocoon of ice. So do you think uh, he, he got that from Gru? Or do you think Gru got that from him? Gru. Off from Despicable Me, you know he's always praise God. <laughs> I definitely think that Gru got that from him. Thank you for explaining that it was because <laughs> he's always like, well, me, as soon as you said it, and I was like, oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but sorry, hold on. sorry, my brain goes in weird direction. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, because I was like. Who's crew? I was like trying, I was like in the DC universe and I was like, did I miss somebody? And then as soon as he said it, I was like, oh yeah, no, it's definitely, um, 
Guru got it from him, in, in my okay. expertise of opinion. He got that, he got that from him. <laughs> so the different media um, that you can see him in is the Batman and uh, Robin uh, film and the Lego movie, um, the Lego Batman movie. Sorry, not just the Lego movie, oh, yeah. the Lego Batman movie. Um, the uh, In TV, he has the 1960s Batman, The New Adventures of Batman, um, DC Animated Universe, uh, the Batman, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, Young Justice, and Gotham. As we had talked about, uh, he is in the Gotham series. Not really suggesting that you watch that for them. Um, yeah. Um, and he is... Don't watch the movie. It is not good. The are, AD, are you talking about the Batman and Robin? <laughs> Let me know if you're talking about Batman and Robin. Are you talking about the Lego Batman movie? Which one are you talking about? Oh, he's talking about the Batnips. Uh, yeah, that's the Batman and Robin. <laughs> okay. But I... I didn't want to talk about it, but it was talking besides about... Besides the first two Batman movies that Tim Burton did, I pretended they didn't exist until Christopher Nolan took over and made The Dark Knight. But, but when Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze, let me tell you, I I am such a sucker for the cheesy dad jokes that the those movies made in like the was it like the nineties like the nineties and stuff. You know I what? You those. do you, girl. You do you. <laughs> I live for those. I'm sorry. They're the best. When he was like Mr. Freeze and all the jokes he would like little <laughs> one liners and I'm just like they just had me rolling. I'm like, oh my god. Like, you would. You would, which is why you like Predator so much. That's probably okay. Probably. I, I get it now. I get it. I grew up on that stuff. It's like it's the best. AD is not a sucker for dad jokes, and that is a level of terribleness. To each their own. To each their own. But I make dad jokes occasionally, and he just like stares at me, and I'm cracking up, laughing at my um, own joke, and he is the dad, but it does not matter does eric at least make dad jokes yeah no i make the dad jokes okay my husband like our husbands need to hang out because i make the dad joke and eric just pets me and tells me it's gonna be okay oh my god <laughs> they're the same because i love it they're they the make, same <laughs> i will be crying and eric's like what's wrong with you and i'm like i don't know you married me I'm like i'm sorry i love them all the best dad jokes i love it <laughs> you're the best but yeah i think oh i think as far as like with that movie I, I to me like mr freeze like i i love that character in that movie like, it, I, I think that's great i mean screw the rest okay. of the movie but as far as like the character <laughs> goes i love i love mr freeze and what he did girl i even bought a snowflake necklace because i'm like I love Mr. Freeze. I had a snowflake necklace for like the longest time. I probably it wasn't it. because of Frozen. You can tell us. It's okay. Man, that was like 20 years later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dating myself a little bit. Anyways. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, we've both seen it. And it's, it's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> um, so different video games that Mr. Freeze is in. 
is your uh, Lego Batman, the video game, uh, Batman Arkham series, the DC Universe Online, um, Batman Evil Within, and Gotham Knights. So a couple little trivia um, that I threw in there is that um, only, like Mr. Freeze is the only Batman super villain that appeared in the Batman versus Predator story. That's a nice little rabbit hole. Yep. Um, and then more than 30 mm -hmm. years after his creation, Mr. Freeze had little to no uh, backstory. Um, and this was, um, and was like a little more than a uh, minor gimmick, like supervillain. When introduced um, into the DC animated universe, they gave him a new sympathetic backstory, introducing his wife, Nora, and a great moral complexity um, to his character's cold, like stoic demeanor, um, coupled with a barely resistance, like uh, fury, much like Batman himself. And this like just really like stuck with the fans as me, like I, didn't know before without his backstory but like um i definitely think that like when he got his backstory it was it was cool to to see that but i digress that's mr freeze like i said i loved the makeup the costume all the special effects from mr freeze in that movie and that's pretty much the only thing i liked <laughs> all right so Harley Quinn. So I know when we did the poll, Harley Quinn scored really high. And she was made quite popular. I know some people were fans of hers before the movie, but I think when they made Suicide Squad, she kind of like blew so, up and you saw like, yeah, you saw like every girl wanting to be her for like Halloween and everything. And well, there you go. And I thought the people that were fans of the movie, do they really know how the concept of Harley Quinn came about? Probably not. So, so let me let me let me tell you something. Please educate us, Jen. Let me educate you because I learned something and I was like, you know, let me, let me tell you about Harley Quinn. Okay. So her very first appearance was in Batman the animated series wasn't even a comic. It was an animated series back in 1992. Now, this was the cartoon that I watched growing up. I um, love the Batman animated series. Man, that show is fire. <laughs> it is. I'm watching it now as an adult, and it's still fire. You can go back and watch it. Like, it's great. I love it's it. It's on Max. Yeah. Yeah, that's honestly it's one of the reasons why I keep HBO Max. Like, I, I love like the, the DC animated stuff on there. It's great. Except for the hush part, kind of pissed me off. Um, <clears throat> so, the creation of Harley Quinn is credited to Paul Dini. Um, and it came from him, from the mind of Arlene Sorkin, who actually voiced Harley Quinn in the series. Hmm. Who is Arlene Sorkin? Well, let me tell you. She was an actress on the, the Days of Our Lives. Is and that the soap opera? Girl, I yes. I had flashbacks and I had to watch that shit with my grandma. She's like, I gotta watch my stories, Jen. I was like, oh my God. 
we need your stories. And then she puts on a soap opera, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I watch cartoon plays. So grandma's watching the days run. So that's actually how I knew who this woman was as the world turned. Oh, Anyways, man. So she's an actress on Days of Our Lives. And she's p- playing a character, Calilope? That sounds about right. <laughs> Jones, um, who is basically the show's comic relief. And out of sheer boredom, she's always suggesting things to the show's producers. Okay. Oh, like and, in real life. Got yeah, it. In, yeah, sorry. In, in real life. She's, she's suggesting things to the show's producers. So she just recently watched The Princess Bride. Love that movie. It still holds uh, up to this day. Side note. Did you see the Deadpool when he's talking to Fred Savage? No. You haven't? Oh no. my god, you gotta watch it. Got Fred Savage and Deadpool's trying to tell him the story. Okay, you gotta watch it. Okay, sorry. Watch that. It's funny. Okay. Um, so she goes and she watches The Princess Bride. Classic movie. Love that. And she got the idea of doing like this fairy tale dream sequence on the days of our lives where she acts like a court jester. She like roller skates into like the throne room. She's doing all sorts of things to like make the royals laugh and everything. So, um, little information so uh paul dini and sorkin are friends they're friends from college so she gives him this vhs tape that has like all her favorite moments from days of our lives and um he finally watches it in like 1991 and he's writing this unaired animated series batman okay right and he's really struggling to come up with female character and he's he's having a really hard time so he watches it he was having writer's block i get it like writer's block is like horrible like your brain like you're like it's yeah it sucks so so he watches that so he decides to start researching so he researches based on the costume that she wore like what does a harlequin wear like what's their traditional outfit um and then he got his lead cartoonist to like draw up a female character which he didn't quite capture what dini was like envisioning mm-hmm. but that's essentially where you get um harley's like red and black like full like body jumpsuit with like playing card diamonds and like the ruffle cuss and that like the double front hat and all that stuff so it comes from that it comes from like a traditional like probably kind of like thing okay so so then all the characters made his writer blocks gone so he asked sorkin to actually voice the character that's super dope right that's what i thought i'm like that was freaking awesome so she's She's in the studio and she's trying to like record her voice and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to use my own voice. And it's this high, like really nasally, like sing song voice with a little bit of like 
Brooklyn like inflection in it, which is her natural like speaking voice. So she just talked. Oh. That's the way she sounds in real life. That is terrifying. Girl, I almost went back and watched it. I was like, is that how she like talks like in real life? It is. It actually is. I know. So wait, since you've seen Days of Our Lives, like did she talk like that in Days of Our Lives? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Very high and measly. Okay. Yeah. And like, I usually think of like Richard Marks, singer, like, 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 nasally. Yeah. So she's like very high, very nasally kind of talking. So, um, so this was kind of weird how a character kind of came to life in like an animated series. So Mm -hmm. fast forward to like 1994. So DC asks, Dini and one of the graphic artists, Tim, that originally drew her to create a single issue comic that would reveal Harley's origin story. Ooh, I like yeah. that. That was this trend a lot. Like you, you have a character that comes in and they're like, oh, well, damn, people like this character. Let's give them a background story. Let's give them an origin story. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And in this single issue comic, it would reveal that Harley was once the Joker's psychiatrist. And that's where I think it was titled Mad Love mm-hmm. was created. And it showed how, like, Har- Harleen Quinzel was her, her name before she became Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. was this very, like, mild-mannered. Um, she, was a, she was a gymnast. Um, she was sane. She was all the way there. I mean, kind of. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Um, before she decided to become like the Joker's like sidekick, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, love to, makes you do some weird things. <laughs> yeah. And um, like I said, although I I do like the. Harley Quinn and like the Suicide Squad. I just, I feel like people. It doesn't hit of, the same as like watching the animated series. Like it, it there's definitely it. like two different. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to go off on a tangent a little bit, but mm-hmm. have you ever heard like Maroon 5, like songs about Jane, and then now yeah. their new stuff? Yeah. It's like, good and then what <laughs> now people want to hear but not like what I guess old people would want to hear I don't know I love songs about Jane but I cannot listen to their new stuff um, no. no I get it They there's something that's just lost it's just not the same like Harley Quinn is actually really smart like it even shows like when she like helps um the Joker torture the Red Hood. Like, she helps torture him. Like, she uses her degree in psychology. Like, yeah, she's insane, but to me, she, like, she went that way because of the Joker. Like, she loves him, like, that much. Like, she's crazy. She's crazy yeah. about him. You know? So, like, Danny wants to know, is there an actual animated, um, like, series, like, her own series of Harley Quinn? I know that there's, like, a live action i think one but uh, is there a animated series i don't know if there's an animated series i know there's a lot of um 
like uh, DC stuff that she's in, and she may be like the title character in that particular episode. But I don't know if she's like actually like has her own show. So Jeff actually said that uh, to answer this question, yes, uh, Harley actually has her own animated series. Um, and it's also one with uh, Poison Ivy um, as her lesbian lover. Uh, Jeff, is that on, um, like, what is that on? Is that on Max? Okay. He said, yeah, it's on Max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Songs about Spring, complete fire. And then they had, their now stuff is like full on pop. It's not the great stuff, but yeah, Deontay is saying that HBO Max is where uh, Harley Quinn has her own animated like a uh, show. It needs to have Max. Your DC. Stuff it, it really does. I'm gonna tell you what that that show is called as soon as we get off here, and um, with the it's got uh, Elizabeth Olsen in it. Um, Wanda. <laughs> room five is like room 55 now <laughs> you know he just i don't mean i don't know dude he just lost it so i know we're talking about, we're talking about that. no it's it's all good like we so nerd nice. out about a lot of things and this is one of the things it's music i'm sorry but you're gonna hear stuff about music <laughs> there's like so many bands out there like you like their first few albums and then like they start turning other stuff out and you're like i don't really like sugar the song sugar literally makes me want to punch a hole in a wall like it's so annoying i get it like i'm one of those people i'm like oh sansa wrote a new album let me listen to it i'm like the hell like i'm glad i didn't spend 20 dollars back in the all right where are my old people at? Where we used to spend twenty dollars on a new CD for like one song that you love that was on the radio, and the rest of it was fucking garbage. How about when they like? Who remembers that? Man, I love Napster and like Bear Share and LimeWire. <laughs> LimeWire. Like, That's what I like, used growing yeah. up. I mean, I may or may not have used it. I yeah. cannot confirm Definitely nor deny. <laughs> and they're like all pissed off. Like you're stealing from me. I'm like. Stop making one good song and the rest of the album is absolute garbage. Literally songs about Jane. That entire album, I'm yes. telling you, that entire album is fire. Yeah. It is so fire. They used it all up. They used it all up on one Their album. next one after that wasn't wasn't bad. That's the wake up call one. They had like uh I can't remember what a couple of the other songs were, but that it was it was not a bad album. Um but then the one after that I think he just Hands all over. That was the Mick Jagger, and it wasn't. It just kept on. Yeah, he kind of he sold out a little bit for me. Like all my favorite bands, they've kind of stayed the same throughout the decades, and I like them because they are who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Enough about the (laughs) private tangent. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. It needed to be talked about. There needed to be rant and ratings. Yeah, Deontay. Oh, the the show is called Love and Death. Okay, so that's the HBO show that uh, I was talking about with Candy Montgomery. Super great on Max. You need to watch it. Mm-hmm. Love and Death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the reason why we wanted to talk about Harley Quinn um, was definitely about like 
we had we had our graphic designer come on and do an interview with us. Gigi. If you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, Gigi's amazing. Gigi. Um, and if you haven't seen that interview, definitely recommend it. Um, but in that interview, she actually disclosed to us that her favorite villain was Harley Quinn. Um, so we decided that we had to show Harley Quinn some love, um, and we wanted to talk about her. So we did. <laughs> um, sorry for the people that voted that didn't vote for Harley Quinn like um, as much as the others, but uh, definitely wanted to show Harley Quinn some love. Um, also, uh, the first live action was actually not with uh, Margot Robinson mm -hmm. or sorry, whatever her name is, the, the girl that plays Barbie. It's Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Uh, Barbie was not the first person to play um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Margot Robbie. Sorry. So, not Robinson. Robbie. Sorry. There, it's <laughs> brain. <laughs> uh, so the actual first live action, um, AD is making fun of me. First of all, <laughs> no notes going in this raw. Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, um, the, yeah, thank you, Beatles. So the first live action was actually done by uh, uh, Maria Sarah. So if any of you have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that Legend. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the main female uh, character in Ferris Bueller's Day Off um, actually was the first person to play Harley Quinn as a live action role in 2002 in a series called um, Birds of Prey. And this isn't to be confused with the movie uh, Birds of Prey. But also an interesting fact about this show is that you had um, Mark, um, oh, shoot, Luke Skywalker. What is his actual name? Mark Hamill. Thank you, Mark Hamill. Uh, so Mark Hamill was actually the one to um, voice uh, Joker, Joker in yeah. the animated series, but also in this series, he actually voiced it, but somebody else actually faced it. It wasn't actually his face. Mm. Uh, so if you go on IMDb, uh, you will see Mark um, Hamill as a actual actor in mm. the show, but he actually wasn't the one to actually show his face. It was some other rando dude that I mm. didn't care to actually say what his name was. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, about yeah, Mark Hamill, gosh, man, he's been voicing the Joker for, like, the longest time. Like, he's, so like... Okay. So good. I know. So good. Uh, I love him as Luke Skywalker in the, the, the first three. We, we're not going to talk about the other ones. We're not going to talk about those movies. Not Absolutely not. Okay. But... <laughs> it's still Luke. Anyways. But, to digress. <laughs> Okay, so who's our final gal? Or dude? I, the polls. I know I I'm sorry about the polls, but I want to talk about poison ivy. So <sighs> poison ivy, my friends, I like her a lot. I have my reasons. We're not going to talk about the movies. I like Uma. Thurman. I like Uma Thurman as. Poison Ivy, I mean, just as the, was, her costume, her makeup and. It was no. okay. 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 That was all right. Hey, you know, but she didn't capture me, Poison Ivy. Like, I don't know. Just, it's one of those things where it's just something missing. 
you know, and I had such a hard time with those Batman movies just because they were just a little too goofy for me. Mm-hmm. Like, when you, when you start getting kind of goofy with your sequels, you kind of lose me. And, yeah, plant stuff. I hate, like plants. I don't like plants. So let's talk about poison ivy. So Pamela Lillian Isley was her name for reals. Ooh. Okay. Her first appearance was in Batman issue 181 in June of 1966. She's up there in age a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling you. So she's a misanthropic botanist and biochemist who is empowered by an interplanetary force known as the Green. Oh. Green gonna get you. Okay. All right. So some of her abilities is she has a poisonous touch. She has enhanced physical abilities, and she has supernatural power over plant life. What is enhanced physical abilities? Is she strong? She's strong. Okay. She works out. (laughs) She works out. (laughs) I work out. The interesting thing about her is that she dances like this really fine line between being like this eco-terrorist. She doesn't skip like day. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Girl, look at that body. Ooh. She worked out. Mm, she worked out. I'm telling you. Um, so she's she, thick now. <laughs> she dances. She's thick. Shut up, baby. She dances this fine line between like being an eco terrorist and then being this champion of like Mother Nature. So she kind of goes back and forth. So um, she is at first persuaded by Mark Legrand. So this is like a pre-crisis scenario. Okay? Okay. Um, Into assisting him with the theft of an Egyptian artifact containing ancient herbs. Oh. Um, Good, good. (laughs) So this is kind of like where her origin story, she's got like two origin stories. Okay. Not not quite like Mr. Freeze. Okay. Um, so she would fear he feared that she would implicate him in this theft. And he poisons her with these ancient herbs. And that's um she survives and that's how she kind of like becomes poison ivy. She has like this natural immunity to like oh. all like natural toxins and like diseases. So yeah, then, the hashtag plant mom. <laughs> <laughs> plant mom. She has like a little potted plant. She's like <laughs> so quiet. It's my aloe vera plant. Girl, those things are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So her origin story was revised with a lot of other origin stories during the um, crisis on infinite births. Okay. And and this is where DC rewrote um, a lot of their like origin stories and like their continuity and stuff is what it is. So in this particular story, she grows up wealthy. They're all wealthy. What the heck? Not Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is robbing banks for that money. I wish I was wealthy and had issues. <laughs> no, a superhero and a superpowers. Anyways, so she grows up wealthy 
And she has like these emotionally distant parents. Mm-hmm. And she goes to study at this um, advanced biotechnical biochemistry where she's seduced by her professor. Now, his oh. name is Dr. Jason Woodrow. Keep that in the back of your mind for a little bit. So her professor injects her with poisons and toxins as an experiment. And when she guesses, it causes her to transform. What a bitch. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, she did it willingly. She's like, sure. Like, why? Here's my name. Pop it. It's And it, like, causes her to, like, nearly die twice. And it drives her, like, insane. Which, I can I can understand that. Nearly dying. Yeah. Like, I'd kind of lose my shit a little bit. Same. So, um, fast forward, I'm going to talk about her criminal career. Okay. So she, um, threatens to release some suffocating spores, her own suffocating spores into the air of Gotham city, unless they meet her demands and Batman stops her and sends her to Arkham. Now, since Batman did this, she becomes obsessed with him. Like oh. in a bad way. Not oh. in a good way, but in a bad way. Oh. <laughs> Not with like the Batman nipple costume, like it's a bad way. She's like, damn you, Batman. <laughs> because, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that Batman is the only person who she can't control. Like he's got like such strong will and like so strong focus that she can't control him. And <clears throat> as in the movie. Uma Thurman, she does have a like a lethal toxin in her lips. Like she can literally kill somebody by kissing them. Oh, that much is a reflection of yeah, like the comic center things. He um, isn't redheads. <laughs> is she actually a redhead in the comics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's got like this skippy little vine outfit and everything. Just she's like he's anti gardening. He's like just let it go. He's more into rocks. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so another issue is um, she she says that she started a life of crime in order to like to have the sufficient funds in order to find somewhere where she can be alone with her plants and away from humanity. So apparently, she was not near to a trust fund. Be with a soulless ginger. Well, she might be a soulless ginger. Who knows? Um. And she does eventually leave to a desert island in the Caribbean. Ooh, and she will get that tan. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's near Barbados. I'm sure. She transforms the desert island that's essentially like this wasteland into what what was described as being almost like another Eden. It's like lush and beautiful. There's plants everywhere. She's happy and content there until Somebody comes along and just destroys it. Oh no! <laughs> Why would you do that? No. What do the plants do to you? <laughs> Rude. Rude. So, and it's actually this American-owned corporation that's testing weapon system. And kind of in their defense, they thought the island was still deserted wasteland. They didn't really think much of it. Obviously, they weren't looking at satellite imagery because they probably would have seen 
or scout it. Literally, just go scout. Or scout it. Kind of a little boat. Things change, moron. Things change. Yeah. Well, you know. So, she leaves that desert island. It's destroyed now. And um, she returns to Gotham seeking revenge. Now, um, now Batman catches her before she can uh, punish all of those who are responsible. I think she gets almost all of them. So Batman catches her and she's like, oh, okay. So she goes to Arkham Asylum and she receives a message through the flowers. I'm not really sure if it's like a, a text message in the petals or exactly how <laughs> she gets these messages. Maybe it's like a pheromone Just pluck the flower petals. <laughs> he loves me. He loves me not. not he not. says to go to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's actually Floronic Man. That's a tough, tough villain name. Yep. Floronic man. Floronic. So you remember that name I told you to remember? Jason something. Woodrow. Yeah. Jason Woodrow. It's her old professor who contacted her. He has become Floronic man. Did he inject himself too? Wait. Wait. So he said for her and wants a small portion of her DNA. Her DNA. So that he can create a child. Now, at this point, he's actually completely a plant. Except, so for his, except for his brain. He's like Little Shop of Horrors, the like talking plant. The, I want your blood. <laughs> trying to envision it. I was I was envisioning, I don't know. I was envisioning like a tree. But I could go with Little Shop of Horrors. Like Audrey too. He could be like an Audrey too or something. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, 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 no. My brain went there too when I was like researching this. I'm like, well, what's he like? What is it? What what is that? Name? So, um, he floods the streets of Gotham with a high grade marijuana in order to create a world economy that is run on hemp, and their offspring will control it. I don't really see the problem here. Like, what you're threatening me with this? That's cool. Go ahead. And then everybody just lounges around and eats tacos. Nobody really cares what he's doing. Anyways, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So now there is an earthquake that happens mm. in Gotham. All right. Okay. So Gotham City is destroyed by an earthquake. Now she takes control of a park there, Robinson Park, and she turns it into like a, a tropical paradise. She just has a knack for this. She's like, I don't know. She goes and she says, I'm going to make it pretty. I love it. <laughs> she's, I'm just going to create this little sanctuary. And she ends up taking in like 16 orphan children. I know, she's so good. And then she cares for them. Now, here comes Clayface. This motherfucker. <laughs> That's what I said, this motherfucker. So he he has this idea. He tries to make a bargain with her. He says, the bargain is, is for her to grow produce and have the kids, the orphans, harvest it and sell it to the highest bidder. Because when this earthquake happens in 
Gotham. It's just a mass chaos. Like so many things are destroyed. There's not enough food. It's ridiculous. So she denies him, and Clayface. <laughs> I said, "I'm like, no, I'm good." So Clayface ends up trapping her and her orphans under the park lake, and he's feeding her salt, which, as we all know, it's not good for plants. He's not giving her water. He's blocking her from the sun. Like it's weakening her like exponentially. That's wild. Why would you do that? Yeah, I'm like, that's not really a good way to um, convince a girl to like go out on a date with you. Like, fine, I'm just gonna torture you, stick you underground, feed you salt. So here comes Batman. He comes and rescues her, frees her, and she kills Clayface herself. Good. She kills him like a lot. Like she makes him fertilizer for her. She Good makes, for her. <laughs> she kills him so hard. He's fertilizer for her plants. Like, I don't think Clayface is going to come around again after that. I'm not sure if he does, but damn. Um, and it's about this time um, that Poison Ivy finds Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn had almost been murdered by the Joker. And Ivy nurses her back to health. And, like, since then, they've become, like, best friends and partners in crime and I think, um, I think other people have like mentioned that like, they're even like lesbian lovers at like one point like yeah, they have like a really close bond mm-hmm. you know? um and then there's there's other storylines that i read that were um poison ivy actually dies um because and i think in this aspect like she wants to die because she feels like her powers are hurting the orphan children that she was trying to raise. And um, she's, she actually seeks Batman out to help her, like to help her like, turn human again. But um, hush, of all people, he like convinces her, like, no, don't do that. Like, take the serum to like restore her powers. And she, she takes it. And then she dies in the process. Oh my God. Oh my God. But I guess in the, the last like image in the comic strip, it shows like her grave is covered by ivy. Oh, so she's alive. She's not actually dead. I know. Um, so about a year later, you see her again. And she's at full strength. And she has like even more control over the, the flora than she, she did before. Like it's vastly increased. Um, it's almost like on par with like Swamp Thing and then like her that Jason Woodrow into a Sonic um, Man. Like she's on par with like their powers. I'm not really sure what Hush gave her. Yeah, he tricked her and drink him round up. No, actually, opposite. Probably like Miracle Grow or something. He's like, here, drink this. Um, but um, Batman discovers that um. She's been feeding people, such as, like, her henchmen and, like, other people that she feels like are, like, incompetent or, like, lovers that she's kind of, like, grown tired of um, to this giant plant that is named the Harvest. So the Harvest is this, like, like I said, like, this huge plant. And what it does is that it, it slowly digests people. Like, very Ew. Cool. I know. 
kind of reminds me of that huge worm off of Star Wars. They digest you for like seven years. That or nope. Because they actually showed like in the movie Nope, they, it was like a giant like weird cloud Sorry. thing that like sucked up people and digest them. You could actually watch it. it yeah. No, I watched it. It was very oh. um, Yeah. No, I watched it. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's disturbing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing was with this particular plant was her victims' souls would merge with the plant and it ended up creating like the monster harvest. Like before it was just a big plant, but then when their souls were like being digested, it would merge with them and it created like something that was like sentient. Um, and then Harvest actually ends up trying to seek revenge on Ivy. Mm. Yeah. But even though she, she was eating it? Like yeah, it's probably because it was like prisoner, you created me, and then you made me okay. do all your dirty work. But, like maybe the people tasted bad, like maybe, <laughs> they didn't wash themselves. They were sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you wash my I mean, I wash my vegetables before I eat them. Like maybe that was the thing. Like I didn't like eating like polyester or something. Anyways, maybe. But Batman thwarted it. So that was a little information about about poison ivy. You know, I liked her a lot. You want to talk a little bit about her? All right. All right. Miss Tay. So we are at the closer of the evening. We are at the final shots and thoughts. (laughs) We're partying over here. (laughs) So, um, we want to thank everybody for tuning into our fourth episode. It was super great to have all of you guys commenting and engaging um, and having our, uh, you know, our producer Jeff over here helping us out with that uh, animated series. Super appreciated. Uh, always helping us out. We love it here. Um, so uh, watch the page of the USDN um, for updates on our fifth episode, which drama, please. <laughs> we are doing Harry Potter. Harry Potter! So, That's you know, right. with my little Ravenclaw. <gasps> because I'm a Ravenclaw. But anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, we will be doing uh, Harry Potter's Heroes and Villains um, as our fifth and sixth episode. Uh, and then also watch the uh, page for the USDN episode two coming to y'all next weekend mm-hmm. in seven days. Uh, so uh, that will be on August 19th at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So just an hour after we started for this one. Um, where we continue to explore the Predator and Alien franchise. Uh, Super excited about that for that universe. Um, We will also come out with more of our interview series, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We don't really know what's happening next, but there might be something at the end of this month. Just stay tuned. You might get some more content coming to you real soon. Um, And this is where we're going to highlight the comic books and cosplay communities, plus much more. Uh, we also want to point out that if you're a Patreon member, um, which you'll have the links in our um, link tree, uh, you'll have an exclusive to the episode-by-episode breakdown for that Ahsoka. So if you watched our wrap-up Secret Invasions um, party, this is going to be an episode-by-episode um, wrap-up. Uh, only for our mm-hmm. Patreon members, though. However, um, 
just go ahead and stay um, stay tuned for those dates. Um, but fear not, we did see your guys' poll, and we will be giving you a end of the season uh, wrap up party that it will be on Facebook and Twitch uh, live for all of you, just like you're watching here um, for our USDN family. So thank you guys for staying tuned for all of that. And also a special thank you goes out to the DFPN podcast group for all the love and support that you guys have given us. Um, it really means a lot to us and it goes a long way. Um, and today we want to leave you guys with a quote from the brilliant mind who blessed you with the world of laughter and happiness. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. So uh, it goes like this. I just, um, I'm just trying to illustrate that it's okay to be different. It's uh, not that it's good, not that it's bad, but that it's all right. Um, I'm just trying to tell kids to have a good time and encourage them to be creative and question things. Again, that was from Pee Wee Herman, um, who did depart us uh, this year. Um, who is uh, Paul Rubens, and that you, ladies and gentlemen, is USDN Approve. See ya. Bye.